you know, I feel like I could preach on the Holy Spirit probably for the rest of my life and not run out of things to say. Because it wasn't until I really understood who the Holy Spirit was that, that I wasn't just a casual Christian, that God turned my life upside down. You know, I, I knew from a child, like from a young child, at the age of nine years old, I knew the importance of the love of the Father, Heavenly Father. I knew that Jesus died for the cross, uh, on the cross for my sins. But it wasn't until, you know, I really encountered, and it took multiple encounters even in my, through my teenage years and then into the early part of my young adult years when God just grabbed a hold of me through the Holy Spirit that I never, ever, ever, ever looked back. And I want to encourage you. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit is not part, uh, not, he's not the, you know, third cousin twice removed from the Trinity, okay? He is part of the Godhead, and the Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you. And if you've missed some of this series, this has been some good teaching in this last month or so on this series. I really encourage you to go back, look on YouTube, look on um, Facebook, go scroll down, find the different um, messages. I really, 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 if you missed the message I preached a few weeks ago um, called the, the five manifest, or the five, what was it? The five misconceptions of the Holy Spirit, um, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Go back and look at that because the Holy Spirit wants to be poured out um, on you today. But today we're going to specifically talk about about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, y'all, this could be a whole sermon series in itself. And last week, last week, Josh preached and he said, I got one point. And everybody's like, yeah. And he kept saying, it's going to be so short. And he just kept on going and kept on going. It really wasn't that short, but <laughs> it was one really good, intense point. Friends, I have too many points to even number today. It's like I got seven points, and within each seven points, there's like multiple points. So um, we're making up for that one point last week, and, and there's going to be a lot of points. But this is the thing that I was praying about because I'm like, man, this is so much content, Lord. Um, I really feel that because our culture is a very intellectual culture, that sometimes we don't experience things because we don't understand it or we have confusion. And when it comes to the spiritual gifts, there is a false theology um, that is out there that says spiritual gifts are not for today, that they died away with the apostles. That is heresy. It is not true. It, it hinders the church of God from growing. It hinders the, the people of God from walking in the fullness of God because we can't really walk in the fullness unless we have the fullness of the Holy, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And so God wants to pour out his spirit. Jesus said that he was the one to pour out his spirit and the spirit gives gifts. And so there's so much content here. There's so much information. I was like, Lord, that's a lot of information. I don't want to just give a lot of information. I want to see transformation. And I felt like the Lord said, this, what you're going to receive today, friends, this information will have the power if you take it into your heart, because it's not just head knowledge, but if you make it heart knowledge as well, it will have the power to, to transform your life. Truly, truly, truly. So let's dig in. Today, we're going to talk about finding your spiritual gifts. Okay. We're going to talk about finding your spiritual gifts, not finding your neighbor's not finding your mamas, not finding your sisters, your brothers, your husbands, your wives, finding your spiritual gifts. And I'm going to hit seven facts that will help you discover your spiritual gifts, okay? Number one, foundational um, definition here of what spiritual gifts are, because you have to know what they are to really understand it, okay? So this is foundational. And there, and 
1 Corinthians 12, we learn that spiritual gifts are given to God's people by the Holy Spirit for the common good. Verse 11 says that these gifts are given according to the sovereign will of God as he determines. And then in Ephesians 4, 12, it tells us that these gifts are given to prepare God's people for the service and for building up the body. Okay, this is really cool. The term spiritual gifts actually comes from the Greek word um, charisma, which is where we get the word charismatic from, right? And that word actually means gifts, okay? And it also comes from another um, Greek word that is, that is neomatic, and that, or neomatica, I practice saying that for you guys, you're welcome. And that word means spirits, Okay, so these plural plural word forms together. Charisma is an, means expression of grace, and the other Greek word neomatic it means expression of spirit. So together is the expression of the grace of the spirit. It's it's gifts given by grace to you. Um, <laughs> while while there's different kinds of gifts, the Bible talks about them. We're going to get into that even more in, in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. Generally speaking, spiritual gifts are God-given graces, okay? Again, what's so cool about grace, sometimes we limit our definition of grace to meaning you know, we were saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And we limit it to just our salvation experience, which really stunts our growth. And we wonder why most of the American church is baby Christians. Even if they've gone to church from childhood all the way up into seasoned adulthood, they're still in their walk with God, baby Christians, because we limit our understanding of grace to salvation. When grace is in the empowerment to say no to ungodliness, grace is the empowerment to walk in the spiritual gifts that God gives you. And we have to understand that, that spiritual gifts are God-given graces, special abilities, offices, and manifestations meant for the works of service to build up the body. A spiritual gift is divine. It's supernatural ability given by God to enable the Christian to serve and to minister. Why would we not want this? Right? So this is an awesome thing. So if you want to understand how to find your, your, your spiritual gift, number one, you need to understand the foundational definition of what a spiritual gift is. It is God-given graces to empower you for the work of service. Okay? Number two, we need to understand. I'm going to go through this quick, guys. You got you to put your seatbelts on, okay? Number two, it is the, there, we have to understand there's features of the gifts, um, spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit gifts that are given to us. There's features that are unique and, and, and they differ in degrees to you, okay? So your gifts are unique to you. The spiritual gifts that God has given us are unique to you. And they differ from having, uh, the Bible says in Romans 12, they di we differ in even the um, degrees of gifting. Okay, so for example, you may know somebody that has the gift of service. They just, man, if they see a need, uh, Sarah, wherever Sarah's at around here, Sarah Thomas, she, she's serving right now. Sarah's the type of person, if she sees a need, man, she's there. She hears Josh is doing uh, a men's Bible study and they need some food. She's like, I volunteer to, to bake. Amanda Lopez, she, I mean, these women have the gifts of service. I feel like I have a gift of service too, but if I look at their degree of gifts of service, I think it might be a little bit more than my degree because I am volunteering to make no muffins for nobody. It's just, it's not my, it, 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 it's, personally, I don't really know how to make some muffins anyway. I can make some eggs. That's, that's about it. An omelet maybe, but you know, listen, but 
What we do in the American church, we're, we are so, listen to this for a minute. I know it's silly, but listen for a minute. We get so into comparing ourselves with one another when the Bible says that that is foolishness. And then we compare our gifts to one another and we say, we're not as good as this person because their muffins are better than mine. Listen, I'm being silly, but we do that, right? I can't serve God like they can serve God because I can't preach like they can. I can't teach like they can. I don't have the gift of faith like they do. I don't know how to speak in tongues like it's something you learn, like you got to take Spanish class, you got to take tongues class. Friends, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. And we get, we get so confused and thinking that we're not as good as someone else. And we don't understand that spiritual gifts, there's different features in spiritual gifts. And, and the Bible literally says that there's different even degrees within that. So you can have the gift of service, but someone else might have, they might have um, more of a gift of service than you. It doesn't mean that they're better than you. We just have to be faithful with what we're given. Now, when we talk about spiritual gifts, and I'm going to get into this later even more so, but the Bible lists between 16 and 28 spiritual gifts in the Bible. It depends on how you classify them, and we're going to get into different classifications of spiritual gifts in a moment. But the, the point of me mentioning this is that there's a combination and different varying degrees of even those gifts. So if there's that much listed in the Bible, I guarantee you, friends, you have at least one, at least one spiritual gift. And so, friends, we have to realize that you are unique to the world. I mean, nobody in this planet has your same, same fingerprints. How amazing is that? You know, nobody in this planet is exactly the same as you. And the spiritual gifts that God wants to give you is going to be unique to you. Someone else might have a similar gift, but it's gonna, your gift is unique to you, and you have to get to know God to get to know that gift. So different features, okay? So some things that we need to understand about spiritual gifts, if you want to find yours, is we have to understand the foundation of spiritual gifts is knowing that it is God-given graces to help you do the work of service. We have to understand that there's different features within the spiritual gifts. They vary in degrees. They vary, they're, they're unique to you, amen? And then this is probably my, one of my favorite understandings or facts here of spiritual gifts that I'm going to share with you today. They're for God. Spiritual gifts are for God and they're from God. Okay. For God and from God. You see all these F's? Ooh, y'all, I had fun. For God and from God. Ooh, this is where people mess up. We forget it was for God that he's given you the spiritual gifts and we forget it's from God. Matter of fact, in charismatic churches we begin to sometimes get so into this that we begin to worship the spiritual gift instead of worship the gift giver which is God it's the gifts that God gives and wants to pour out onto his church is to build up the body because it's for God it's for his glory and it's from God it's from his ability that he gives us spiritual gifts do not reflect your virtue but the character of God now, let me get off for just a second here. This is why we see some people who might have a spiritual gift that would be so strong. And we've seen this, why we've seen people who are gifted ministers in the church. And you see that they rise up in fame and they do all these awesome things. We're like, wow, look at them. They're healing people on stages and, and they have prophetic words for the nations. And then we find out years later, oh my goodness, they were cheating on their wife or they were, uh, you know, taking money that didn't belong, embezzling money. And you're like, how in the world? Because a gift is a, it is a grace from God, but if it's not married with the character of God, you're going to get found out anyway. If, if you don't get found out here on earth, God will reveal it. 
okay? Everything done in secret will be revealed. But this is what messes people up, and they say, oh, there's no such thing as spiritual gifts because look at this pastor or this minister who moved in a certain spiritual gift, and then their character didn't align with it. And then we, so we judge, the, we judge that, we judge all the gifts of God because someone didn't have the character of God. And we have to, we have to be careful with that. And two things, I personally feel that the character of God is more important than the gifts of God. But when you can actually find someone who can marry both the character and the gifts of God, I'm telling you, God will do such an awesome work. And we have to be careful because even in the Bible, Samson was very gifted by the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. I mean, he was the most powerful man. I'm talking like superhero, like, like the hawk of the Old Testament, right? And, and yet he was so deceived because he began to, uh, to rely on the gift instead of the gift giver that he didn't even realize the power of God left him when he went out to fight the enemy. And friends, sometimes we don't even realize what we have until we don't have it anymore. And so we have to be very careful to know that spiritual gifts, again, they're not about you. They're about him. Amen. I like to say it this way. Gifts are tools, not trophies. Gifts are tools, not trophies. They're tools to help build up the local body. They're tools to help build the kingdom of God. They are not trophies to show off and say, look at me, I can prophesy. Friends, we got to be so careful. Look at me, I can teach. Look at me, I'm serving so well. I'm running the vacuum before people are even out of this building. Look at me, someone give me props. No, friends, they're not trophies. They are tools to build the kingdom, amen? 1 Corinthians 12, 5 through 6 says it this way. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. I like it this to say it this way. Your spiritual gifts are not gifts to you. Rather, they are gifts through you in special ways God expresses himself through his people. So it's not gifts to you. It's gifts through you for others, okay? So again, some things that we have to understand with wanting to find our spiritual gifts is we have to understand the foundation is God, is special grace, God-given graces to you to build up the body. We have to understand the features of spiritual gifts. There's different levels. There's different degrees. There's, different, there's many different gifts, 16 to 28. We have to understand it's for God and it's from God. Another thing that we have to understand if we truly want to discover our spiritual gift is we have to figure out that your gift is actually your responsibility. So often I see people, God blesses them with something. I've seen this in 20 years of ministry. I see young kids get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they, they speak in tongues, which is the, only the initial evidence, um, it's the initial physical evidence that your Holy Spirit's on you. It's, a, it's just a gift of the Spirit. And, the, and they, they experience God at camp and they speak in tongues one time, but they don't, they don't steward that gift that God gave them. And so then they only did it one time and then they lose it. Or I don't believe it's necessarily lost. I believe it's like put up on a shelf and they need to take it out, dust it off and say, okay, God, I know you did this to me before and I just need, I need to steward it. I need to practice it. Okay. And with any, and that's just one gift. It could be with any kind of gift. It could be you were called to teach and at one time you were helping in Sunday school class and doing different things. And then you just walked away from it and you didn't steward that gift. And friends, it, it is, discovery is fun to discover your gifts, but it's not always fun to steward them. Let's be real. It's fun finding out, ooh, I'm gifted in this area that the Lord has given me. It's not always fun growing in it. It's not always fun being responsible for it. But friends, it's not always about being fun, okay? It's about being faithful. 
It's about being faithful. The Bible talks about the parable of the talents and, and those uh, gifts that were given to different people. And the one who took the one gift, it was just one gift. He could have looked to the others and said, oh, they got more. But the ones who got more, they actually multiplied it. Applied it. The one who got one, they, they hid it away. And so often God will bless us and we will hide away. We will, we will put it up on a shelf and we will never think about it other than that one time. And it's time, friends, for us to really grow in it. So I want to also talk to you even more, a little bit deeper here for a second on how to really discover your spiritual gifts. I've got five things for you. I'm going to hit them quick, okay? I told you it's like points within points within points, y'all, okay? So five things real quick. If you want to help identify your gifts, number one, I want to say get in your Bible through study. Again, I told you the Bible talks about it in Corinthians. It talks about it in Romans. It talks about it in Ephesians. The Bible talks often about spiritual gifts. So get in it through study, okay? Get in it um, uh, through experience. I am, I'm a firm believer that we should encounter the things of God. We should encounter God's presence. And when you encounter God and you encounter his things, you experience God. You, no one could talk you out of it. When I was first married to Josh and my eyes were open one night and, and literally, no lie, I literally saw a demonic figure in my room. And it was crazy. We were just married. We didn't have any kids. We lived in the apartment. I opened my eyes and um, I, I felt an evil presence and right above me, this demonic um, figure, was. It, it, my eyes were open. I saw it and it was buzzing and it was, it was a shadow. It was, it was just, I, I felt the demonic spirit and I rebuked that thing in the name of Jesus. As soon as, as, soon as I said, go in Jesus' name. It got like sucked out of my room, no lie. And um, I woke up, my husband, I'm like, dude. I, there was a demon that was just in this room. And he was like, oh my goodness, I feel the residue. You know, and we're, we wake up, you know, you, young Josh and Joy, y'all, man, we was, we was, we were, we were somewhere, but we were praying through. And I'm telling you what, I, I was so excited about seeing that demon, not because I was excited about seeing a demon, but excited by the fact that, that God gave me authority to say, go in Jesus name. And it went, and then I read in the Bible, the disciples were actually excited when demons left too. And Jesus reminded them, don't be excited that you have authority over demons, be excited your name's written in the, in the Lamb's book of, of life. So we got to prioritize. But there was no one could ever tell me there's no such thing as demons. Bro, I experienced it more than once. I've cast demons out of people. I've seen demons flee. I, I, I've experienced. You can't tell me there's no such thing, right? You can't tell me there's no such thing as speaking in tongues because I know that I was not making up a, a word. I know I did not go to tongues class like you go to Spanish class or Latin class. I know God supernaturally empowered me with speaking in tongues to help build me up. I know what that does. No one could tell me that there's no such thing as healing. When, when my pastor's wife growing up, Pastor Shannon, her leg, she had hip problems. And her, her leg was literally like an inch shorter than her other one. And some random lady, it wasn't even some supernatural like speaker that came in. It was some random lady prayed for her at a church service. And her leg grew out in front of everyone. No one could tell me. That healings don't happen when we've seen these things, friends. And so I think it's very important to experience God. I think it's important to affirm other people. Sometimes you may not see your spiritual gift because you're, you're just doing what you do. But someone else might see it, so it's important for them to affirm you and to, for you to listen to those affirmations. Okay, this is to me, I almost didn't put it on here because this is my least favorite one. Take a spiritual gifts test. <laughs> there are some good spiritual gifts assessments, and I don't think that they're a bad thing to do. I've taken them myself. 
just but what I believe is that most of the time they just bring confirmation to what you may already know, okay? And the most important out of all this list is through spending time with God. You want to know what you, gifts you have? Know the one who gives the gifts. You want to know how to be equipped? Know the equipper. And I think if you spend time with God, friends, I'm telling you, there's nobody like Jesus. I had a week this week. There is no one like Jesus. And when we have those weeks, and what, what we want to do is we want to hide away. We want to we medicate ourselves some other way, like with, you know, all kinds of things. But when we actually realize that the attack of your, on your life has more to do with who you're going to be in the future than who you've been in with, with in the past, what it's going to do is it's going to help you say, man, I must be doing something right. Therefore, I need to get with God so I can see why, why this is going on. I need to get with God so I can walk in the peace of God. I need to get with God because I can't do this on my own. There's nothing like it. See, I think it's pretty cool that if you want to figure out your gift, it's your responsibility. And in the New Testament, we don't find our gifts through self-examination, though, friends, and introspection. We find it through expression. Instead, we love one another, serve one another, help one another. And in doing so, we see how God has equipped us to do so. Okay, we live in a world, and so yes, I'm saying finding your gift is, is your responsibility, but I also want to say this with caution. It's your responsibility to find your gift, but it's not about you, right? It's about serving others, and as you go about doing what God has called you to do, he's going to reveal this to you. As you spend time in his presence, he's going to show you things. Does that make sense? Okay, so here we are, so just laying this out again. If you want to understand your, your spiritual gifts, one, you got to understand the foundation, right? The foundation is, is God's given graces. Gifts are his given graces. Two, understand that features are unique to you. They, they vary in degrees and in levels. Understand it's for God and it's from God. Spiritual gifts are for him. They're from him. Understand that it is your responsibility to figure it out, but you can't figure it out on your own. You need to figure it out with God. Amen. And then understand if you want to find your spiritual gifts, that the focus of spiritual gifts is to build up the body. Now, I've been already saying this within every single point, but I want to just say this very um, flat out. It is about building up the church and the body. Uh, Ephesians 4.12 says to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. 1 Corinthians 14.12, talking about spiritual gifts, says, So it is with you, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that what? Build up the church. Build up the church. See, friends, gifts are essential for salvation. No, they're not. Try to trick you there. I want to make sure you're paying attention, right? They're not they're gifts. Spiritual gifts are not essential for salvation. Just like speaking in tongues is not essential for salvation. That is wrong. No, it's not. But why wouldn't you want some uh, additional grace to continue to work through you for God, from God to build up his body? Why wouldn't you want that? Right? So I want to encourage you. The reason why we want it is because it edifies the body of Christ. It will lift up a brother or sister. It will get, the spiritual gifts will help give us direction. It will make the body stronger. We don't want, Jesus is coming back for a radiant bride, a radiant body of Christ, not some weak will barely climbing out of the, the fight, broken down body of Christ, friends. He's coming back for a strong body of Christ, a strong bride who is ready. So we need the spiritual gifts so that we could be strong for Jesus. They are from God. The spiritual gifts are from God, and they equip the body of Christ to do the work of ministry. Our focus, though, friends, it has to be for the body. Again, tools, not 
trophies. You know, I just read a statistic that broke my heart for the first time in American history that church attendance is actually below 50%. It's like 47% right now. When Josh and I really sold out to God and started getting trained as leaders in the late 90s, and at that time, and even in the early 2000s, church attendance was still at 70%, now at 47%. And I wonder why, because we're not building up one another. We have a cultural mindset that shifted that used to be, I'm going to go to church so that I can serve other people, so I could walk in the gifts of glory of God and bring him glory and lift him high to, I'm going to go to church to see, what do they have for me? Do they have this group? Do they have that? group can they help me here can they do this for me friends it's a shame and it's sad and I, I get so passionate about it because I'm telling you I remember at 19 years old I was not I was not mature by any means fasting and praying and pumping my gas at the gas station across from our South Toledo building and at that time I had already been to like three or four churches um, and asking though I was asking the Lord lead me to where you want me I wasn't shopping for where can have who has the best singles group so I can find me a husband it wasn't about that. It was about, God, I want to be used by you, but we want to go and see what, what, what the church can do for us, and it's sad. And so when I walked into the, to the South Toledo uh, building, this was back when it was Solid Rock, and I'm telling you, the sound was even worse than it is now, okay? The music was way worse. They did not have very many leaders, and there was a bunch of kids running around. And I walked in, and the Holy Spirit said, this is your home. It was about three weeks before I went up to Pasquis. I said, oh, hey, when can I preach? <laughs> Chime in. Calm down there, little young lady. How about you go down to the, uh, to the rescue mission? They need help. I said, all right. So that's where I started. <laughs> down to the rescue mission. And then wherever they needed help, I was like plugging in and growing. And it was hard. It wasn't easy. I, it wasn't easy. But, friends, we've got to get that mind shift again. It's like we, we want everything to be about us and then we're missing out because instead of making it for God and from God about him, we miss out on even using our spiritual gifts because we want someone, you know, we want someone to do it for us. And friends, I know I'm on that one for a minute, but we got to make the focus of building up the body. Amen. Your spiritual gifts were not given to you for your own benefit, but the benefit of others, just like other people were given gifts for your benefit. God doesn't give you gifts to glorify you and to make you stand out. He gives you gifts to build up the body. Amen. So if you want to discover your spiritual gifts, you need to have a clear foundation that the spiritual gifts, their graces from God for the work of ministry to build, you build up his kingdom. You under, understand features, they vary in different degrees and there's different, many different gifts that are unique to you. You have to understand it's for God. It's from God to, to do his will. We have to, we have to put the work in to figure out what our spiritual gift is. We have to put that work in. We have to pray. We have to spend time in, with God's presence. We have to be around other people so they can affirm us. We have to experience what God is doing. We need to make sure the focus is on the body. The body of Christ needs you so much right now, friends. We, want to t we, we believe that God has called us to this area to, to see an awakening of spiritual um, gifts, to see awakening uh, of the church and this community. But friends, Josh and Joy, we can't do it alone. I can't even raise my children by myself. Like, I, it takes a community. We need help, friends. And, and we need you to discover your gift. Don't burn yourself out, but discover your gift and be faithful to serve in what that is. Thank you, Jesus. And then, and, and then if you want to, if 
you want to discover your gift, if you want to find out what your gift is, we have to understand that functions of spiritual gifts, there's different functions, okay? And what I mean by functions is roles or types. This one point could be a message in itself. I honestly, I just, there's so much I want to share, so much I want to give here, but I'm going to give an overview, okay? But this I, I try to hit everything else fast so I can spend a little bit more time on this point because we don't understand that there's different roles or different types. I like the word types of spiritual gifts. I'm going to break down three main types, okay? Say three. Okay, you guys with me? Okay, so three main types. Ministry gifts, say ministry gifts. Motivational gifts. And manifestation gifts. If you can't tell, I love things that start with the same letter. Okay, this is going to help you actually learn this. This is not just me making this up. Um, this is how scholars really define the different kinds of um, spiritual gifts. So three types, right? Three functions. The ministry gift, you've probably heard of the five-fold ministry, right? Ephesians 4 talks about the five-fold ministry, and it says he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, when we think of the five-fold ministry, people who walk in the five-fold ministry, oftentimes those are people who are what I call vocational ministers. So those are the ones that um, their, their whole life is to build up the church, the, to equip the saints. Okay, usually those are the full-time pastors or missionaries or, you know, evangelists, okay? Um, and what happens is sometimes um, we look at this as only an office, and we forget that this office is actually a gift. Ooh. And what happens sometimes when we forget that the office is a gift is we take, we, we take for granted the gifts that we have in people, okay? We take, we, and we have to be careful with that. Because familiarity sometimes breeds contempt, and sometimes we, we don't realize the gifts we have. I remember um, when, when Pastor Keith, our pastor, passed away, and every once in a while, still to this day, we were just driving, and we were talking about him, and I, like, teared up because just, there was such a gift. And now he, he had, I believe, the office of an apostle and a, and a pastor, and um, there was such a gift that, that we had in him. And... Sometimes we forget that, and I don't ever want to take for granted the gift that we have in one another. I never want to take that for granted because I limit it to an office, and so therefore what I think is uh, these five-fold ministers, they're to do all the work of the ministry, and I can sit back and relax. <laughs> Thanks, babe. And, and, and it messes us up. See, I'm a, now I'm going to go back to, I'm, I'm, I got serious, now I'm going to go back to being silly for a second because I want you to actually learn what the five-fold gifts are. And someone ever asks you, what's the five-fold ministry? I want you to be able to put your hand up like this. Let's see it. Oh, we're going back to kids. Come on, Monique. I'm looking at you, baby girl. Five-fold ministry right here. Okay, so it's the apostle. That's the thumb. The reason we teach it's the, the thumb is the apostle is because it can cover all of the offices, all of the gifts. The apostle can prophesy, the apostle can usually teach, can usually pastor, all that stuff, okay? Here's the pointer finger, that is the prophet. The prophet points the way to the Lord, declares the truths of God, sometimes foretells what is to come. That is, a, that is a prophet. Now listen, there's an office of a prophet, but there's also motivational gifts of prophecy, and there's also manifestation gifts of prophecy. I'm telling you, I don't got time to break it all down, but I want to. We're going to do another teaching on this one day, okay? Middle finger, 
I am not. I learned one time I was showing somebody that my middle finger had a nail that was broken. And I was trying to show them that. Don't look at my nails now. They, they need Jesus. Um, but I was showing them my middle fingers. It was really cute back when I was keeping up my nails in the summertime. And, and they were like, show me again, Mom. I won't tell you which one. But they said Mom. And then they, they took a screenshot of me flipping them off to use against me. When I wasn't flipping them off, I was just showing them my nail was broken. So I know not to put that up. We are on camera. So here we go. <laughs> middle finger here. That is, can you guess which one? It is the evangelist. Why is it the evangelist? It, the evangelist goes out the furthest. And it typically offends the most. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times we got to come up behind the evangelist and be like, okay, let me soften that up a little bit. But it is true. Okay, the evangelist goes out the furthest, okay? And then the ring finger. Aha, the ring finger is the pastor. Oh, my gosh, Lord, raise up true shepherds again. Pastors are committed they don't give up. Even when they want to quit, pastors do not divorce. They stay for the long haul. They are committed to their sheep. They love their sheep. <laughs> I think the gift of a pastor is beautiful. When you have a true pastor that, that, that loves you, and pastors even need pastors. We have pastors in this city that still pour into us today. There are like pastors to us. And I'm telling you, friends, when you have a gift of a pastor, you, it, it, is, it is a beautiful gift. It really truly is, okay? And, then, and sometimes you can have a, uh, a gift of a pastor, again, and not necessarily be in the, the office of the pastor. I know people who pastor their, their workplaces. Like, they don't just work. You know, you go to them, Miss Debbie, when, when you, right? You go to them when you need help, my Papa Frank. I remember we had an evangelist who was gifted in the uh, prophecy. He went with my dad to his workplace, and he said, oh, my goodness, your dad pastors that workplace. I said, I know, man. That's just how he rolls. He's like, so th th those are just awesome people, okay? And then finally, I think I have this gift here a little bit myself. <laughs> If you can't tell, the gift of a teacher, okay? They like to get out the earwax. That's why I'm doing this right here so that you can hear the word of the Lord. They don't have just one point. They have several points <laughs> when they're coming to, to, to give a word. It's a gift of a teacher, okay? That's, that is um, the ministry gifts, amen? We need those ministry gifts. They build up the body. Number two here, two within seven. <laughs> we need the motivational gifts. I love these. I'm going to hit these quick, okay? Motivational gifts. Prophecy. Again, prophecy, you could be the office of a prophet. You can have the motivational gift of, of prophecy, and you can even have the manifestation gift of prophecy. Ooh, I need to break that down for you one day. So the off, actually, I'm going to break it down today a little bit, okay? Why not? So the office of a prophet is someone that is like their full, like, again, that is like a full-time function, man. They're just, uh, Ron Teo, we got to get him to the Waterville campus sometime. That man, he can't help it. He is just a prophet. He's going to be a prophet when he's sitting down in, rest, in the restaurant. He's prophesying over people. He's pointing the way of the Lord. He sees big visions. It's not just, I'm going to give you an individual prophecy and you an individual prophecy. It's pointing to the Lord and it's bringing direction and, and, and clarity to situations. He's the one who prophesied Vision Kitchen into existence. He's the one who prophesied that we were going to plant this campus. And I'm not going to tell you how many more he told us. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I'm like, you never tell a pregnant woman she's going to have more kids when she's pregnant. Amen. I'm like, I can't see my feet right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> and that's, that's how it feels sometimes. But, uh, and then the motivational uh, gift is the ability to declare God's truth, which touches hearts and brings conviction, okay? It's to edify. That's the motivational gift of prophecy is to edify. And then the manifestation gift of prophecy is when the presence of God comes on you and you weren't even expecting it and God will use you um, to prophesy 
Moses said that he wished all would prophesy. Okay. Paul also said prophecy is even greater than speaking in tongues because it brings clarity. So I believe that's the reason why you see prophecy in every single um, classification or type of ministry gift here. Because it's so important. And the, again, there are different degrees. Does that help you bring a little bit of clarity? Okay. Serving is a motivational gift. Oh, Lord. The ability to show love by meeting practical needs of others. We need that even more so in the body. We have some several servers, but we need even more. We need more people to, to volunteer with the babies so that the moms can get a break. And we need more people to help with kids' church, to help in hospitality, to open the doors early, to spray down um, the building when the strong, uh, when the strong well water is coming through. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we need people with the gift of service. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to just leave that there. Teaching. The, this is a, could be a motivational gift. On, hmm, again, there's the office of teaching. There's the motivational gift of teaching. And unfortunately, I think that we have seen more so within the church community, the lesser gift, which is the motivational gift of preaching. And now when we come to church, I, we, should get mo we should be motivated and inspired. But, man, we need to be transformed even more than motivated. And so, um, you know, there, there's different degrees. And so there is a motivational gift of teaching as well. It's the ability to clarify truth through study and research, okay? Exhortation, the ability to encourage others to grow spiritually even during difficult times. We need the gift of exhortation. And the body. Have you ever been around somebody and you just like, you just knew, you just felt like you were, you just weren't, you weren't feeling yourself that day. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, you had a bad day. Anyone ever have a bad day? <laughs> a bad weeks. And you just ran across somebody and they got that gift of exhortation. And you, you ran across them and they just start telling you like, man, I'm just, I see this in you and I see that. And I just want you to know, man, you can do hard things. And they're just, they're encouraging you and they're lifting you up. And you just like, oh man. Maybe I don't suck, right? I get around Lady D. Dorinthia from our South Little campus, and she's like, Pastor, you preached such a good word. You had their attention. And I was sitting there like, man, I was hot. I sweated all my curls and makeup off, and I felt like that was not the best I've done before. And she's like, that was so incredible. You touched hearts, and you changed lives, and you're like, maybe I don't suck. <laughs> right we need the gift of exhortation in the body of christ especially in the times that we live where, where darkness has increased and depression has increased and anxiety has in increased we need people with the gift of exhortation amen the ability to encourage amen okay giving we need the gift of giving in the church Giving is the ability to contribute generously to financial matters, resources of the Lord's work. There's a few people in this body that I believe have the gift of giving. I'm not going to point them out because I don't want you guys to go ask them for a check after service. But there are a few people <laughs> in this body that I do. And guess what? It's not always the one that you think is the wealthiest. I will say, nope, I'm not going to. There's one person that, that they actually go to our South Little campus that I'm thinking of. This person has a gift of giving. Not only do they give to the church, man, they find out you have a need, you get a gift card. They, they're going to write you an encouraging a card. They're going to do something to bless you because they just can't help it because they got a gift of giving. They're going to, they, the people with the gift of giving, man, there's, there's someone I know, they, they won't, ever, they'll wear the same outfit for a, for a year, but they'll make sure that you have something else new on. Though, man, those people are amazing. Do you know there is a generation that I believe, my grandparents' generation, the builder generation that I believe had a huge gift of giving. And that's why we saw so many church movements rise up and we saw buildings being erected. And friends, we need the gift of giving in this body because I know God has more for us. But guess what? It's going to take resources. So it's going to take that gift of giving. Amen. 
Leadership. The ability to lead a person or group of people, take them to a certain um, destination. This person is very goal-oriented. Again, in the American church, I feel that um, we've settled a lot for lesser gifts. The gift of leadership is awesome, okay? But we have, I believe, um, in the last couple decades especially, we have overemphasized the gift of leadership, that we have put the gift of leadership above the five-fold ministry, and we have turned the church into a corporation in many ways. And it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yes, there's aspects within the church, like you have business meetings, you have to, there are things, okay? But, and the gift of leadership is a good gift, but it really should be accompanied with someone with, the, with one of the fivefold. It is, to me, the gift of leadership should come alongside one of the fivefold offices to help um, bring direction, to help connect dots where people don't see. It should not be um, necessarily so elevated that that's all all we do i'm gonna tell you the lord spoke to me this is a personal thing i'm not saying this is for you okay this is personal but the lord spoke to me probably about three years ago maybe it was four even was it five it was a while ago the lord said throw away all your gifts all your books on leadership i do think i have a gift of leadership not necessarily the highest degree but I mean, I got into studying everything and I was trying to figure out everything. And it got to the point that I was trying to figure it all out on my own. And I think with any gift, that could be leadership, it could be with, it could be serving, it could be with any gift that you try to do it all on your own. You forget, again, what is the gift? It is God's grace on you to help equip the church, okay? It's not, it's not about you doing it on your own. It's grace. And so anyway, the Lord told me to throw away my books um, for a season, to put them away. And I didn't feel like I needed to go burn them or anything like that. It wasn't like burn books. It was just put them away for a season. And it probably was several years um, before I, I, and really since then, there's only been one leadership book that I've touched since then. And to me, it's not really even a real leadership book. And that's the emotional, healthy leader. That's the only book I've touched since then on leadership because I don't want to just be, um, I want to be obedient to the Lord. That when God does this thing, you're going to be like, I know that was not Josh and Joy. <laughs> it was not their personality. It was not their gifting. It was not how smart and intelligent they are. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And with all of us, some of us, we have the gift of leadership maybe in our workplace or in our business. And we still have to remember, even in that is a gift from God. Amen. Okay. And then the last motivational gift that I want to hit real quick is the gift of mercy. Oh, man. We need the gift of mercy. We need the gift of mercy. Do you know, um, I just wrote a recent blog. I don't like writing. I'm not a very, I'm more controversial when it's one-on-one. -on -one. Like I would debate with the best of them, but I don't like to put out like super edgy things or whatever. Like really, I don't. One-on-one, -on -one, if like you know me and a lot you do, you're like, yeah, you do. Yeah, because it's just us, but not like out there in front of everybody. And I wrote, my last blog was a little bit more um, edgy, I guess you would say, and a little more out there. And I'm telling you, I had so many people before and afterwards um, reach out to me about some of the things that I had talked about. And they were saying um, how hurt they have been from the church. And I thought to myself, man, the church needs the gift of mercy, right? Because if we realize that we have been forgiven much, we're going to love much. And so when God brings somebody into our church and they're, you know, you could just see they're a mess. They don't have their life together. They're, you know, things are going on. They're not dressed the way we think they should be dressed. They're not carrying themselves. Maybe they get up and testify and they slip out a cuss word. Oh, those are fun. <laughs> like that's real. That's real. 
And the stuff's in there judging them like, oh, my gosh, you're in church. How dare you? We could think, wow, God, you're grabbing a hold of their heart that they're able to come up and be real. Right? And so we need the gift of mercy. And I'm going to tell you, when we remember how much we've been forgiven, it will help us forgive others. And this is what, even with me, when I see people who believe something completely different, like our theology does not align, instead of me being like, oh, I don't like them. I'm not going to talk to them. And listen, <laughs> I am like, sometimes I, I, tell, uh, I tell people that I'm extra Pentecostal. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just a little Pentecostal. I'm extra Pentecostal. And so sometimes not everybody likes that, right? But I've had people who haven't liked me because I'm extra Pentecostal and because I'm a woman on top of that. And instead of being like, I'm never going to be around you. I'm never going to talk to you. I'm going to avoid you, forget you. God can get you. I, I, I remember one time, there's one person I knew I made them feel uncomfortable. Not because of, I was just being myself, but I knew I made them feel uncomfortable. Instead of me being offended and mad at them, the Lord told me, be kind to them. I wanted to leave. I'm telling you, I wanted to quit doing what I was doing around this person. I did not want to be in contact with this person. But the Lord said, be kind to them. And then... The Lord, one time I saw this person was frustrated. I went out my way, got this person a cup of coffee. And ever since then, something shifted in the way this person saw me. It wouldn't have done that if I did not have the gift of mercy that was definitely God given me at the time. Because it's not always natural. <laughs> That's why it's gifts, right? But it, it opened a door and it changed hearts because of that. So, friends, I want to tell you, we need all these gifts. Amen. Amen. I told you there's like 16 to 28 of them, okay? So here's the motivational gifts quickly. I do not have time to explain these gifts. These are manifestation gifts, the next classification, okay? I do not have time to explain them. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have time to explain them. I would like to do um, a seminar on just this point one day where we can actually have time to really go over it. And if you guys want it and you're hungry for it, bug me about it, okay? Because I, I like, it's so much easier feeding hungry people than trying to shove down some food to uh, kids who already stopped at Chick-fil-A before they got home for, for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can't compete with Chick-fil-A. <laughs> That's God's chicken. <laughs> All right, manifestation gifts. These are found in 1 Corinthians 12. Oh, did I tell you that the motivational gifts were found in Romans 12? Okay, so the, the motivational gifts are found in Romans 12. The manifestation gifts are found in 1 Corinthians 12. And I do believe that God gives us a combination of both. I believe sometimes God will give you a combination. Even You might even have an office or uh, you might have a, motiv a motivation. You might have a, a manifestation. And again, they uh, vary in degrees, okay? Um, so manifestation gifts are, uh, serve to reveal God's power. These gifts are supernatural, spiritual in nature. These are the gifts that freak people out, okay? They can be further divided into three groups. I told you, my points have my points, y'all. Points, points my points, points, have points. <laughs> okay, so they can be divided into utterance, power, and revelation. Oh, my goodness, this is so good. I wish I had more time, y'all. So I'm going to hit some of them. Word of knowledge. That's when uh, Pastor Josh was explaining last week or the week before whenever he was talking about um, how he was out cutting the grass at the South Seattle campus. Some guy stopped and actually was asking for money. He didn't give you all the details I'm about to right now. So the guy was asking for some money, and, and, and Josh had a word of knowledge that you were about to take this money and go use it for drugs. And so Josh said it in a very compassionate way, not like how I would, like, you're about to take this money and go use it for drugs. Josh said it in a very compassionate way and went down deep into, like, his past. He had a word of knowledge for him. The guy 
started crying right there. And Joshua was trying to give him money. He was like, I can't take it. I can't take it. And he was shaking and crying. It was a word of knowledge. Like when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, she said, and he said to her, oh, I know you ain't married. The man you're with is not your husband. And you've had five others or how many? I can't remember it was. <laughs> right? And, and that was a word of knowledge. That is supernatural. When God ever gives that to you, I've seen Pastor Earl get that um, at the kitchen several times. You know that's God. There's been times I've prayed for people and they're like, how did you know that? I didn't. The Holy Spirit did, though. Right? Okay. Word of wisdom. Again, supernatural. You know that is not because you're super smart. It's supernatural, not super smart. Amen? <laughs> Gift of faith. Uh, George, George Mueller, back in the um, uh, late 1800s, he had like an orphanage, and he had such a gift of faith. He never asked anyone for money, never sent out any letters, never like went and, and took an offering. He would pray. And um, one time, he, the, the kids had nothing to eat for breakfast. They had no milk, no nothing. And he prayed. And literally, the milkman broke down. That's back when milk, milk came to your house. You didn't go to like Kroger's or something. The milkman and the cart broke down right in front of the orphanage and said, hey, can you use this milk or it's going to go, it's going to be expired. They were sitting at the table praying for milk and boom, there it was. Gift of faith. Amen. Gift of faith. Gift of healing. Told you guys about Shannon and how that lady who, I mean, she wasn't even like necessarily like a leader in our church, but she had the gift of healing manifest over her that day. Boom, leg grew out. Working of miracles, okay? Um, I know missionary friends who have told me that they had Bibles that they were giving out and, and everybody wanted a Bible and there wasn't enough. And they prayed and God multiplied the Bibles. Like leather bound. <laughs> like here's another one. Like, and they're like, I know we counted. There was not this many. How are they coming out? <sighs> Gift of miracles. Come on, this is so awesome. Prophecy. Like when God, like when there's a manifestation and someone like, you know, will, will interrupt the service and they have a word from the Lord and you know everybody's on their face repenting and crying and saying, God, have mercy on me. That is a gift of, of manifestation, gift of prophecy. Discerning of spirits. Hello, we need that. Knowing from good and evil, from the world, from the flesh, like we need a, uh, we, the culture, understanding the difference and what God is, you know, we got to have discernment. Tongues. We've talked about that already, interpretation of tongues. Friends, we need this. This is why we need it. Because we have got so intellectual, and I, I, I love to be simulated in my, in my mind, truly. I like to have good conversations. I love to talk about theology. I love to talk about doctrine. I love that stuff. I told you, I think that I, I probably have, like, some teacher in me. I like that stuff. But I never want it to be so where I'm so intellectual that I can break down why I believe and I, and I can defend my faith so much that, that it's not living it, right? We need to know what we believe, why we believe it. Then we need to live it, probably even before we defend it. And this is why we need the manifestation gifts in the body. You know why? Because Paul said, my speech were not, it was not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that when people look at you, they don't give you the glory. They give it to God. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I don't know how to do what God has called us to do. And it's bigger than what we can do on our own. But I know that God has called us to do it. And we have got to get to a place where we're welcoming the Holy Spirit and his gifts to manifest in our church again. It's not because we know how to put a budget together or because we can raise some money or we could put a business plan together. It's because we are hungry for the presence of God that changes lives. We got to get here again, friends.
we got to get here again. And so I want to encourage you. It is, it is up to you to go after these things. I could, I could get up here and teach until I sweat all my makeup off. <laughs> but if you don't hunger for it, it doesn't matter. And so this last point, I'm going to wrap it up in one minute here. Fulfill the call of God. Now to each of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. God wants you to use the gifts and flow in the Spirit so you can fulfill the call of God on your life. 1 Corinthians 14.1, last scripture I'm going to read and we're wrapping it up, friends. The reason why the spiritual gifts are there is so to help you fulfill the call of God. But the scripture says here, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Oh, friends, I'm looking out at you and my heart is so full and happy because I see so many spiritual gifts over you. Truly, you guys are some of the most incredible, anointed people of God. And the enemy wants to keep us blinded from what God has for us because the enemy does not want you to fulfill the call of God for your life. Because guess what? He has a plan too. It's called to kill, steal, and destroy your life. But Jesus came to give life more abundantly. And the way he gives life more abundantly is he said, I'm not leaving you as an orphan, but I'm giving you one greater than myself, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just come to, to, to live inside of you, but to equip you with power, to give you gifts, to fulfill the purpose and calling of God on your life. I hope you begin to hunger for that. Would you stand up on your feet, friends? I promised you one minute I would wrap it up, and I am in Jesus' name. And so I know this is a lot of information, and I was like, Lord, am I giving them too much? Is this going to be like a fire hose today? It's a lot. <laughs> and my prayer was, Lord, let it not just be the information, but let this information bring transformation to my brother and sisters today. I believe the Lord wants to do something supernatural today. If you're in this place and you do not know what your spiritual gifts are, and I'm going to say gifts because I believe many of you have multiple gifts. If you're in this place and you're like, I really just don't know, would you just raise your hand before the Lord? Go ahead, raise your hand. Raise it high before the Lord. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thank you. I believe I, I'm going to pray for you, you people, you, you guys who raised your hand in a minute. I believe there's another group of people in here that know what your spiritual gifts are. But like I said earlier, some of you have maybe put your gifts up on the shelf and you haven't used them. You haven't stewarded them. Um, lately, you've become a little idle with, your, with the gifts that God has given you. Would you raise your hand before the Lord? Raise your hand before the Lord. It's okay. Let's not be ashamed. Raise your hand. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We want to pray for you too. And I believe there's some of you guys in here that God is saying, you know, and you've used them, but not, he's taking you to a higher degree. Remember, I'm like, there's different levels of different degrees. I believe the Lord wants to add a higher level to your spiritual gifts today. And you feel like a hunger. Like when I was speaking, there was something inside of you. It's like, oh, yes. And you know that's you. Would you just raise your hand before the Lord? You know he wants to take you to another level with it. Yep, another level. Amen, amen, amen. If you raised your hand today, um, would you just come right up here? I'm going to just pray for you, anoint you. It's going to be just a quick little prayer. We're not going to take all day. Don't be ashamed. You raise your hand. Come on up here. We want to pray for you. 